Good morning and welcome to Northminster. We are grateful to have you with us today. Believe it or not, today is Palm Sunday. Whether we are ready for it or not, Holy Week has come again. Today we will gather with the crowd, waving their palms, welcoming Jesus into Jerusalem and crying, Hosanna. In this anxious season, it is good to remember that we are not alone. Today we are joined with churches around the world who are all engaged in the same sacred work of trying their best to remember what Hosanna means. It means save us. Remember that, it's going to be important later. And we will join with the church around the world as we walk through the difficult week ahead, which is an important reminder we need right now that no matter what the days or the weeks to come may bring, we do not walk alone. As we've said before, there's a lot of uncertainty right now. There's growing anxiety in almost every arena of life. For most of us, work is taking on a character we might not recognize. Close relationships between spouses or parents and kids might be straining. And every new newscast brings some new twinge of doubt or anger. As we learn what it is to be the church in this season, it is very important to continue to check in on one another, to make sure everyone knows that they're not alone and they have the support they need, whatever that is. But we also want to make a special point of saying, if you are in need of pastoral care in this season, if you're feeling ungrounded, or would like to have an intentional conversation about what it means to be human right now, or how your faith can inform what you're experiencing, please let us know. It is, in large part, why Claire and I are here. When you come to us and let us know this is the kind of conversation you need, it usually opens a door for some deeper and more honest encounters. So please, help us to help you by reaching out when you need it. If you are in a more vulnerable demographic or for any other reason, find yourself needing help getting groceries or navigating some aspect of this new world we're living in, the church is here for you. Please let us know and we can help connect those of you who are eager to be of service with others of you who may need to do the difficult work of learning to accept help during this time. As Claire said, this is the beginning of Holy Week, the week where we delve into the most central story of our faith. It's a story of deep pain, of betrayal, of fear, and of death. But it's also a story about the power of life and love that runs beneath all things. This year, we need that Holy Week story more than ever. To look each of these things in the eye, to recognize how they are playing out around us, what they mean in the context of our story, because to fail to do so is to risk missing the resurrection we need so badly. Blessed are those who will allow themselves to mourn, 
for they will find comfort. So there are a variety of ways to enter that story this week. Each day this week, Dr. Gaddy is going to be leading us in a lunch meditation online, entering Holy Week from a different character's perspective every day. And then on Thursday, we'll have a digital water and wine meeting over Zoom at 5.30, followed by a Monday, Thursday service at 6. And then the next day, we'll stream our Good Friday service at 6 p.m., telling the story of the crucifixion as the Gospel of John tells it. And then on Saturday, we'll be streaming a brief Holy Saturday meditation at noon. And of course, a week from now, on Sunday at 11 a.m., we'll stream an Easter service, telling the story once more about how death is always defeated by life. We'll be in touch each day with details about how to access those streams. Now let's pause, take a deep breath. Allow our minds and our spirits to catch up with our bodies in really arriving for this moment. Let us worship together in spirit. A reading from the Gospel of Matthew. As Jesus approached Jerusalem, entering Bethphage at the Mount of Olives, he sent off two disciples with instructions, Go into the village straight ahead of you, and immediately you will find a tethered donkey with her colt standing beside her. Untie them and lead them back to me. If anyone questions you, say, The rabbi needs them. Then they will let them go at once. This came about to fulfill what was said through the prophet, Tell the daughter of Zion, Your sovereign comes to you without display, riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a beast of burden. So the disciples went off and did what Jesus had ordered. They brought the donkey and her colt, and after they laid their cloaks on the animals, Jesus mounted and rode toward the city. Great crowds of people spread their cloaks on the road, while some began to cut branches from the trees and lay them along the path. The crowds, those who went in front of Jesus and those who followed, were all shouting, Hosanna to the heir to the house of David. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Most High. Hosanna in the highest. As Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred to its depths, demanding, Who is this? And the crowd kept answering, This is the prophet Jesus from Nazareth in Galilee. This is one of our sacred stories. Thanks be to God. It's sometimes a struggle to read the Bible with our whole selves. Some of us were taught, implicitly or explicitly, for a long time that it wasn't okay to bring your mind to Scripture, to ask questions or think critically. And I bet that even fewer of us were taught to bring our imagination to Scripture, allowing ourselves to play with it as we read and watch as it plays back with us. This, however, is how the Bible begs to be read, with its fantastic and contradictory stories that run the gambit of human experience. So this morning, I'd like for us to walk through a meditation on the Palm Sunday story that starts Holy Week with our whole imaginations, to bring our whole selves, our questions, 
our world and all of its pain into the text and to see what it might reveal to us. I'm going to read an abridged version of the Palm Sunday story, and as I do, I invite you to close your eyes and imagine the events of the story playing out like you would imagine a movie playing on the screen of your imagination. And I'll pause every few verses to prompt you to fill in some details or try to recognize yourself in the story. And after that, I'll close us with a prayer. So to start, go ahead and get comfortable and take a couple of deep breaths. One more. Now close your eyes and imagine as best you can the story unfolding. As Jesus approached Jerusalem, he sent off two disciples with instructions. What does the landscape look like as Jesus approaches? What do you imagine? What's the temperature outside? What might the disciples be expecting to happen once they reach Jerusalem? What might they be afraid of? What does Jesus look like in this moment? What is he wearing? What expression is on his face? Jesus said, go into the village straight ahead of you, and you will find there a tethered donkey. Untie her and lead her back to me. And if anyone questions you, say, the rabbi needs them. So the disciples went off and did as Jesus ordered. They brought the donkey, and after they laid their cloaks on it, Jesus mounted and rode towards the city. It was just like the prophet had written. Your sovereign comes to you, without flashy display, riding on a donkey, a beast of burden. What colors do you see in this scene? What is the texture of the cloaks on the donkey? What sounds do you hear? And what smells do you smell? How is Jesus feeling as he mounts the donkey?
great crowds of people spread their cloaks on the road, while some began to cut branches from trees and lay them along the path. The crowds, those who went in front of Jesus and those who were following Jesus, were all shouting, Save us! Save us, O heir to the throne of David! Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Most High. Save us! Hear our cries in the highest places. As you imagine the crowd, pick one person. What do they look like? What prompted them to come that day? Did they show up ready to shout? Why? Why not? Others in the crowd, why are they shouting? What do they hope to be saved from? What is it they are most deeply afraid of? And how do they expect Jesus to act to save them? What are you most deeply afraid of? And how do you hope God will act to save you? As Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred to its depths, demanding, who is this? And the crowd kept answering, this is the prophet Jesus from Nazareth in Galilee. What sounds do you hear as Jesus enters the city? What is he riding past that lets him know he has entered Jerusalem? What expression is on Jesus' face as he interacts with the crowds? What does he feel towards them? What is his hope, his fear? With what tone are the people asking, who is this? Why do they use that tone? When the crowd answers, what do they want the questioners to hear?
are you in this story? Which character's experience resonates with yours? From whose perspective have you watched these events unfold? Why might that be? Where did you sense the Spirit of God in this story? Where is the Spirit of God in this moment? Now. Oh God, Hosanna, save us. When our fears surround us, may we acknowledge your presence with us and within us. When the world threatens to overwhelm us, may we find strength in your constant, humble, strong spirit. Surely this is the door to life, the gateway through which a new world is possible. Amen. Hosanna, they cried, save us. And the church has been mocking them ever since. They didn't understand, we preach year after year, the kind of saving Jesus had come to do, simple-minded as they all must have been. They wanted saving from their oppression from their afflictions, from all that plagued them, from every injustice and hurt that had given them grief and turned their lives upside down. How short-sighted, we have thought. How could they so thoroughly have missed the point, mistaking the teaching, the kingdom is here, for a promise that anything was actually going to change. 
how fickle we have judged them from our perch on the margins of history in view of their progression from the joy of the procession of palms to the riotous fury of Friday. Except, hear me out, what if they didn't miss the point? Don't deserve their reputation as a wild, impressionable crowd tossed uncontrollably from one moment's whim to the passionate frenzy of the next. Perhaps this year more than ever, we are prepared to cut them some slack. Perhaps for the first time, we find ourselves crying in harmony. Save us, Holy One. Hosanna, God on high. We beseech you, save us. Save us and the ones we love. It is not so inconceivable to me now that in the face of danger, the people reverted to violence. It is not so inconceivable to me now that when confronted with a threat, they became susceptible to mass panic or that chaos ensued. Presented with the choice between Barabbas, the villain they knew, and Jesus, the wild card, whose strategy for social action seemed to leave something to be desired, it is not so inconceivable to me that the ones who had hailed him king now abandoned him in the hope of some simpler salvation. Still, I imagine it was hard for them to watch. I imagine it was likewise hard to look away. There hung their hopes up there on that cross. There hung the dreaming of a people who had waited for centuries for someone to make good on the promises of God. There hung their certainty that those promises would ever actually save them. There, in sorrow or disgust, in anger and resentment, in fear or in blank resignation, the crowd dispersed one by one. On Saturday, they kept the Sabbath, no longer a crowd, each sheltering in place, 
offering prayers to a silent God they weren't sure they could still believe in. And then it came, the rising. Somehow, when Sunday came, they found enough life to join together and start telling the story of all they'd been through, of all they had seen. In the aftermath of that terrible week, that holy, terrible week, they found one another, gathered once again, and one by one, all by all, it saved them. Now, whether the saving itself was accomplished through the story they told or the gathering together to tell it, they would never really know. But whatever it was, it plucked them up out of meaninglessness. It gathered them out of isolation. It rescued from the ravages of despair and told them there was something worth living for, something worth organizing their lives around. And truly, it turned their lives upside down. From the grief that was given them, they found the courage to confront every injustice and hurt, to face all that plagued them, plagued them and those they loved, to bring healing to the afflicted, and to find hope in the midst of oppression. And in seeking the salvation of one another, they found they wanted saving no longer. Simple, the oneness of mind, of purpose they found in the kind of saving Jesus had come to do. And so we preach the story of the crowd year after year, understanding it is our story too. For in truth, those who follow this pattern have been the church ever since. Save us, still we cry. Hosanna. Amen.
We gather around our own tables on this day, in this week, when we can feel how much the world is shifting. And in that, we remember the way the world seemed to shudder on that day long ago, when Jesus gathered with his friends to celebrate the Passover. There, in the intimacy of a meal with those he loved, Jesus said things that were beyond their comprehension. He blessed the bread and broke it, and in the breaking he saw something true, and he named it. This is my body, he told them. My body will be broken, and it's all for you. The wine was poured in abundance that night as they remembered the Passover story of a God whose saving power could not be thwarted, not even by mighty rulers or thundering waves. And as he poured another glass, Jesus saw something else true, and he named it. This wine is my blood, he told them. My blood will be poured out, and it's all for you. Whenever you break bread, Jesus said, whenever you pour a glass, remember that story. Remember this one. Remember me. People of God, as we embark on this journey through the darkest and most luminous week of the year, may we hold one another in our hearts. May love light the path ahead. And may we open ourselves to begin with the cry, Hosanna. You are seen, you are loved. Go in peace. Amen.